I want to finish what I started a few weeks ago on a series of how to know the will of God. How to know the will of God. Um, you must be very careful in discerning the will of God. Direction-changing and life-changing decisions are made often. Um, I think before somebody's 20-some years old, early 20s, they make five major life-changing decisions. I mean, where to go to college, what occupation to pursue, and who to marry would be three big ones right there. I mean, right? I mean, who you marry is going to change your direction. Uh, it can change it in the wrong way or change it in the right way. A woman to a man will make him or break him. I have been blessed beyond measure that I got a woman that was for me. She was for me. In the past tense, she was for me in the present tense. And she will be for me in the future tense. It's nothing, I, I'm a rich man beyond belief. If I had nothing else and was living in a little cardboard shack out back on the property, I'd be a rich man. Having a woman that was for me. It's a blessing every day I get up. I got to quit. I got to quit. I'm going to get all choked up. I talked to you already about I have, there's five ways to know the will of God. At least five ways. I'm going to give you five. I gave you the, and they're, they're in an, an order, an order of priorities. The best way is the word of God. Many people that are much older and live longer and done better than I have or wiser than I am have said that 95% of the will of God is found in the Bible. The Bible is a need-to-know book. It's a, it's a manual, manual, how to, how to do something. You ever put together a gas grill? It's, it's a horror story. There is, a, there is a, a one, two, three, four in order to do it. I rebuild a Holly carburetor. Remember Holly carburetors, you old boys? These young boys don't have a clue. They're all fuel injection. We used to have holly carburetor, and I had one go bad, and I rebuilt one. It was 75 steps. 75 steps to disassemble it, and 75 steps to reassemble it had to be in an order. The Word of God <clears throat> is a book that will tell you what you need to know for this life and the next. It will keep you out of trouble. Wow, I just got to quit. I already talked about it. The Word of God should be the first place you go for the will of God. Absolutely first place you go. Then I spoke a time, a service on the least favorite, number five. So I went from number one to number five. And that was outward circumstances. But that is a shame on us. Shame on us. But outward circumstances oftentimes is the number one way people determine God's will. You know, a cat walked in front of me, so I think I ought to buy a cat. It's that stupid. 
I mean, I have people in my office, and no offense, you can come to my office, I won't talk about you by name. But I mean, they, they come up with the wildest, craziest stuff on why they do what they do. And I'm sitting there without anything really invested in the deal going, man, that's stupid. I smile at them and go, that's really stupid. No. I mean, I'm like, where are you coming from? And so I try to help them, try to help them get them back to where they should be. You know, uh, things. somebody called me and wanted to buy my house. Maybe God wants me to sell my house. People send me letters to buy my house all the time. Everybody wants to live where I live. But I'm going to die in that house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't want to sell. I don't care what it's worth. Oh, your house will be worth a million dollars. Give me two million. I ain't going to sell it. Three million, I may. But if I did, then I'd have to worry about the money. Then I'd have to put it in gold so could freaking, the currency may fail, so I'd have to put some of it in gold. Then I'd have to put some of it over here. Some of it, you'd have to worry about that money. Money's a hassle. I haven't had much. I haven't had much to worry about. But circumstances, my, that's a horrible way. It is a way to know the will of God. God does use... Sometimes circumstances to help you clarify what he wants you to do. But surely that should not be what you're putting the lion's share of your decision making on. Our circumstances. Please, please try to avoid that and go to much more solid things. I want to talk to you about the rest of them and by the grace of God finish up. Many things God asks us to do are, are contrary to our senses and human wisdom. Do you all agree with that? Well, if you don't, you will. God will ask you to do some things totally contrary to our senses and human wisdom. How about Abraham leaving his home, his mom and dad, his family, his infrastructure, and go? And oh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You just head out. And as you go, I'm going to kind of let you know. As, as you go, I'll let you know where to go. Oh, and by the way, when you get in the land where I want you to go, you can't... You can't have it. You can't have it. Your, your seed will have it, but you can't have it. And so, wow, what faith. No wonder Abraham's the father of all them that believe. No wonder. He just believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for you. He wants us to believe God, just to believe when you can't see. Hey, if you can see, it's not faith. Make sense? If you can see it, it's not faith. But you, you, know, you and I want to see stuff, man. We want to grab it and touch it. But God says, that's not my way. I want you to believe what you can't see is real. And then eventually you're going to see it. Ooh. And you're going to be able to touch it and hold it and all that. Someday, you born-again believers are going to walk over the threshold of a place, a mansion that God's built for you to dwell in for eternity. You'll be able to touch it. You'll be able to see it. By the way, you girls, it's going to be the right color. It's going to be the right uh, decor. He knows who you are. 
He's decorating it just like you like it. Amen? That's why my wife and I will never could be married in heaven. There cannot be marriage in heaven. It can't be heaven. Because two people can't agree on anything hardly, especially married people. Because typically married people marry opposite, opposites, right? I mean, two people alike don't rarely ever marry or stay married. But opposites, my wife and I are so opposite, sometimes I just long for her to agree with me. But I don't want her to lie, because she'll say, well, I'll lie if you want me to. Oh, great. She says, I can tell you I like it, but it won't be the truth. Well, that makes me feel good. How about Joseph? Who in the world would have ever written that? Written that history. His life. Sold into slavery by your brothers? I can see that. But then betrayed even when he got to be promoted under Potiphar and then got to prison again and then forgotten about for another couple years. Thirteen long years that old boy spent forgotten by, forgotten by everybody in the world. But he wasn't forgotten by God. Boy, I'd like to, I want to shake Joseph's hand. I want to hug that old boy and say, you encouraged me. Your life, you, don't, you may not understand this, but your life encouraged millions and millions and millions of people who are walking by faith not to get bitter at God when things didn't go their way. That old boy had every reason to be bitter at God, every reason. He could have put him down. Nobody would have complained about it. He said, well, I'd have been bitter if that happened. My brother sold me into slavery. It wanted to make you bitter, amen? That's what you talked about this morning. If uh, I had been uh, put in prison, back in prison again after getting out, I'd have kind of wanted to be bitter at God and say, God, have you left me? What's going on? I resisted having immorality with my boss's wife, and you give me jail time for it? Now, how many of you in this room would not have pointed a finger, a fickle finger of fate at God and said, you're not doing right by me? Hmm. So God's going to ask you to do some stuff in your life that your senses are going to say no. And your human wisdom is going to say no, no. My niece had an autistic child years ago. The child's about 12 now. What a hard life. She said, Bill, I wrapped my arms around the will of God that this was God's will for me. I preached a sermon about it called Embrace It. And she embraced it and has a happy spirit about this autistic child that she has. So let me talk to you about the second best way of knowing the will of God is the Holy Spirit's inward compulsion. The Holy Spirit's inward compulsion. You will know it when it happens. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not in thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll do what? He'll direct your paths. That's the will of God, amen? Directing your paths, the will of God. Paul wanted to go to Bithynia. Now, you may pronounce that differently. Uh, but it said in Acts 16, 7, it says, But the Spirit suffered them not. 
Uh, there were, were there lost people in Bithynia? Yes. So evidently, desperation does not determine the will of God. Follow me. Uh, was there a need for the gospel to be preached in Bithynia? Yes. So need does not determine the will of God. Oh, do I hear? I see people go that way so many times. But there's a need preacher. That don't affect me a bit. Is it God's will? But they're desperate preacher. That don't affect me a bit. Is it God's will? You can go out of the will of God, going to needy people and desperate people. Had he gone to Bithynia, he would have been out of the will of God, preaching the gospel to needy and desperate people. Thirdly, it seems reasonable that he would go to Bithynia. So evidently, human wisdom cannot necessarily determine the will of God because his wisdom as a preacher made sense. He wanted to go to Bithynia because they were desperate, they were in need, and it was the right thing to do. Go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He could even quote Jesus' words. But for him, it wasn't the will of God. So God uses the inward compulsion, which is really the Holy Spirit, to change, in this case, change Paul's mind. He did not use God's word. He definitely didn't use circumstances. He used an inward compulsion to change Paul's mind. This method of finding God's will will take some maturity uh, and to, to clearly identify where God's coming from. And I think Paul was mature enough to see it, sensitive not enough of the Holy Spirit. Excuse me for this. I, I just think you'd be offended if I had snot running down my face. When you get old, your nose runs. I don't know what the deal is. How many in here struggle with that? Look how many. Your family. I love you guys. These young people are going, oh, that's gross. Well, if you get to be 69 and above, you may. It's okay. It's okay. But you may be scared by the. You will have inward peace when you're in the will of God. Let me try to explain that. The will of God may be revealed to you, and you still may be scared. Our brother Dan, getting ready to be a senior pastor, you should be scared. You should be. You may not even agree with God of where it is. You may have thought maybe you were hoping to get to Bahamas, maybe Cayman Islands, you know, one of those ministries. I went down to Cayman Islands. I asked the guy, how in the world did you get here? He said, I followed the will of God. I said, wow. I bet that was hard to figure out. Well, you can be miserable in the Cayman Islands out of the will of God, pastor in a church. Sure enough. Amen. By the way, I did not come to Florida because of the weather. I came because it was the will of God. You may, I mean, I'm not complaining. You may even be upset in the flesh 
that God's doing something, He's revealed to you, but you have an inner spiritual peace that is clearly identifiable. This peace will be encompassing and enveloping. It will not leave in a day or two or a week or two. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Hmm. He made a decision outside the will of God. And here's what happened. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I could not stop. I had to do it. How do I know that I was called to do what I'm doing? It's because I had to do it to ever have peace. Bob Jones 600 and some odd people in the room, preacher boys, all supposedly called of God. And he said, men, if you can do something else and have peace about it, whatever happens, do it. I never forgot that piece of advice. I gave it a shot. I laid carpet for 17 years. I did real estate for three or four years. But I couldn't do anything else but this and have the peace of God. By the way, the will of God can be disobeyed. It can be ignored. But let me tell you on this, you'll not ever really get away from God. The Bible says, quench not the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Bible says, Ephesians 4.30, to grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. So you're not, you, you have the Holy Spirit forever, by the way, according to John 14. He never leave you. Even in eternity, he's going to be with you all forever, from here to ever. Beautiful, isn't it? Never going to be alone. And so God's going to be with us all the way, all the way my Savior leads me. Yeah. If you will obey, God will come and work with you. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, 20, when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Don't you love that? Hey, if uh, Biden ends up getting in office and Kamala calls you in to the police department and they begin to interrogate you, don't you worry. Don't you try to prepare what to say. God, the Holy Spirit's with you. He's going to give you the words, and you're going to represent him the way he wants to be represented. The glory to God. Hallelujah. Normally, more than just this inward compulsion is the need needed to determine God's will, however. But this will accompany and help you understand with the others, the Word of God, our circumstances, and then the inward compulsion will help you. Now let me give you number three in priority is the voice of authorities. Most of you know Romans chapter 13, 1 through 7. 
Basically, it says, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. There's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so he goes on to say there, you know, rulers are not tearing to good works. Not going to read all of it for you. So who are these authorities that God puts over you? You know, authorities are placed over you by God. You all get that, right? It's been said, bad government's better than no government. Now listen to me. You all may be pre get prepared for this. I don't know who's going to win this thing yet. By the way, hope that a scene is not hope. I still hope that, that Trump gets in. I still hope that Trump gets in. And I just hope he, he upends that whole swamp. And, and even if we go into chaos for a while, it'll be worth every bit. But if he doesn't, and it's not God's will that that happened, and Biden and Kamala get in, I know that God's still on the throne. And I know one thing for sure, if they do get in, God put them there. I didn't vote for them, but God put them there. Because there's no power but of God. And authorities, hey, Nero, over the writing of the New Testament, was of God. He was a madman. All those Roman emperors were crazy, power-drunk people. And yet this was written, Romans 13 was written during that period of time. So as much as I hate to say it, if I may say humanly, spiritually speaking, authorities, even bad authorities, are better than no authorities. Because no authority is what they define as chaos. Chaos is every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. Look at the book of Judges and see how well they went, how well that went. You know, they prospered, then they went in the hole. Prospered and went in the hole every 40 years. 40-year cycle in Judges. So every man did that which is right in his own eyes. God forbid we end up that way here. You're better to have, no better to have a bad government than not have any authority at all because God uses authority for peace. And without peace, you can't function. You with me on this? Can't have business. Got to have peace to have business. In your marriage, you can't have a marriage without peace. That's why there has to be a head of the marriage. I've had women come to me and say, I want you, would you marry my husband and I? And so I began to talk to him a little bit, and, and the one woman said, well, you know, I believe in a 50-50 marriage. I said, you believe in a 50-50 marriage? She said, well, yeah, I believe that uh, we split everything, and we equally decide. I said, 50-50, what happens when you vote one, one against one? Who's the tiebreaker? You don't have a tiebreaker. I said, it'll never work. Oh, it'll work. It didn't work. It didn't work. I've lived long enough to see the end of my counseling. It didn't work. It won't work. You have to have an authority in the marriage. Ladies, I'm sorry, your husband may be dumber in a box of rocks. He may be stupid in a lot of things. But if he's the man, he's the head of the thing. And by the way, what's that say of you that you married him? <laughs> so the more you knock your husband, the more you're knocking yourself. Isn't that the way? My wife calls me stupid. I look at her and go. You ladies ought to be building your husband up to be the greatest. That builds you up right with him, amen? Besides, he's going to die ahead of you, and you're going to get everything anyway. 
You'll have 20, 30 years to cruise around the world on his money. I wish I could tell you that wasn't true. So authority. Who's the authority? First authority, line of defense. God's line of defense for knowing his will are parents. Parents. We all got, did you all have any, you all have parents? Everybody has to have parents. Even adopted children have parents. Amen? I adopted uh, Tyler, but he's got another parent. You got to have parents. Parents, man, are a blessing from God. Bible says, Exodus 20, 12, and so many other places, Deuteronomy 5, honor thy father and thy mother. There's no caveat of if they're good, bad, or ugly. I think I took it from a movie. There's no just definition. If your parents are good, listen to them. If your parents are wise, listen to them. At least listen to them. Now, when you're an adult, you don't necessarily have to obey them, but you, but you are to honor them. Now, as, as children, in Ephesians 6.1, it says, obey your parents. Under 20, under 20 is Bible adulthood, 20 or under. So 20 or over is adulthood, excuse me. So 19 and under is, is child. So at 19 and under, your mom and dad say something, you really don't need to listen to them. But after you get to be an adult, you honor their decision. When I would buy something, I'd call my dad and say, Dad, well, I'm going to buy this. What do you think about that? What was I doing to him? He knew, he, he knew I didn't have to do that. I was honoring him. I was just giving him some honor. I wasn't going to do what he said anyway. <laughs> this is like Troy calling me. I get what's going on. Hey, Dad, what do you think? I think, yeah, well, I don't like that. I knew that when you called. But at least give me a shot. Honor means to give something value or revere, to prize something, to prize it. Uh, pastors is your second line of authority. Pastors, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 and verse 7. Now you ought to write this down. I got a vested interest in this one. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. In other words, to make your preacher miserable is going to hurt you. With you, with me on that? A happy preacher is a better preacher. A non-bitter preacher is a better preacher. A not discouraged preacher is a better preacher. A, uh, uh, a sweet preacher is a better preacher. Than a, than a mean preacher, right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, right? The same book, same chapter, same book. Remember them that have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their, of their life or conversation. So you have your pastors to look at. These are these, uh, these, are these authorities I'm talking about, right? And the word obey, you know what it means. I mean, it's to follow what goes on. How many times have people sat across from me in my office and ignored my advice? I went to the doctor the other day. Any of you may or may not know that I've just been diagnosed with aggressive melanoma. Yeah, that wasn't good news. And so it's in my ear right here. If you want to see it, you can come to me afterwards. You want to really look at it. It ain't going to be there long. So 
I went to this woman and I said, I, I talked to her about this and this medical doctor, you know, sometimes they're prima donnas. No offense. So I go to the girl and I say something about that. She said, no. Did I do that right? Now, am I the doctor or are you the doctor? I'm paying the bill. I went in there, my leg was, my leg gets hives on it, and it gets, it gets red, and it itches about an inch deep, and I, I itch it usually and break the skin, and then it swells tight, and it, it gets real hot. So I go in there, and I show that to her, and I say, look at this. When I go to the doctor, I always go with like two, three for one, you know, I mean, I have three, four things wrong with me, and I go in there, well, you look at this, look at this, look at this. So she's looking at my arm, she says, you got affection of the skin, I forgot what they call that. Infection of the skin. She said, that's real serious. You're gonna, you got to go to the ER if they don't get better in two days. I want you to go to the ER. I want you to take uh, cipro, ciprofloxin, a real strong antibiotic. I said, I'm allergic to that. She said, well, I'm going to get you another one. And I, I said, it's not an infection, doc. It's just hives. No. And she went like this. Am I the doctor or are you the doctor? And I says, you're the doctor. Because if I didn't, she'd have fired me, threw me out. So I, so I go home. I don't, go, I don't get the prescription. At the, I don't even go get the prescription. I just take a Benadryl. It goes away. Because I knew what it was. It was a hive, and she didn't know. So it doesn't mean I didn't go to an authority and get their opinion. But, I mean, no offense, Matt, but I give people great advice. They disagree with me all the time. And I don't do this. Well, am I the pastor or are you the pastor? I'm used to people disagreeing. I'm used to people thinking I'm an idiot. I don't tell them how many years I went to school and how much I know the Bible and how many times I've read it through and how many theology classes I've taken and what degrees I have, though they are up on the wall. <laughs> and all of that stuff and how, how many years. Oh, I'm old, so I've pastored a long time now, 40 years. And woo, woo, I don't do it because they ain't going to make a bit of difference. They ain't going to do what I tell them anyway most of the time. So obey them that have rule over you. It'd be great advice in a lot of cases. I have sat behind my desk, and I absolutely know the will of God. I'm outside looking in, but I, it's, it's clear to me what the will of God is from the Bible, from the Holy Spirit, from authorities, okay? From outward circumstances, everything lines up. I can tell them what the will of God is in this particular thing. And I go to him and say, this is the will of God. I will bet my life on it. I will bet my life on it. I don't agree with you, preacher. Okay. Okay. They go their way. I've lived long enough to see a circle. I don't like being right. Oh, God forbid, I wish I wasn't right. So many times... I've wept 
over people rejecting the will of God and know that the trouble they're going into and know that 10 years from now, the heartache they're going to face and the, the grief they're going to have to face and know, but they, they just go off into their own way. The last, the number four in priority way to know the will of God is to seek a cabinet of counselors. I'm about done. Seek a cabinet of counselors. Man, the President of the United States does that. They get about 200 people around them uh, as what they call counselors or cabinet. They call it their cabinet of counselors. These counselors, by the way, that you get around you should have biblically, should be biblically spiritual people that have tried and tested lives. Don't. Go to the internet. I just had somebody come to me and said, I went to the internet and, and, and I, you know, talking about marriage. It was some heretic, you know, they listened to. Don't do it. You got local people that you know. You've seen them. They got a track record. They're accountable. Go to them. Stay off the internet. Unless, unless the preacher says, hey, this particular person, if I tell you go to Clarence Sexton on the internet, go to Clarence Sexton on the internet. Amen. I'm good. He's a good, tried, tested person. That's what I'm talking about. But good, don't go to somebody and say, what do you think of this person? I'm like, you're just out there searching for anybody you want to hit on the internet that will agree with you? Don't do it. First of all, seek the Word of God. And I mean, you've got to give it a shot. Inward compulsion, the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, the voice of authorities. The cabinet of counselors. Outward circumstances. Those are the five ways, at least five ways to know the will of God. Psalm, Proverbs 11, 14 says, Where no counsel is, people fall. Proverbs 19, 20 says, Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Proverbs 20:18 every purpose is established by counsel with a good advice make war. Remember Rehoboam? Remember the Boom boys? Jeroboam Rehoboam? Uh, Rehoboam made a horrible decision because he he followed the wrong counsel. How about Absalom, you brothers? You didn't know I was going to preach on this but the Holy Spirit did. Absalom followed the wrong advice. He followed the wrong counselors and it meant it meant death to him by the way. Rehoboam lost 10 tribes because he didn't follow the counselors. He lost, he split Israel in half because he didn't follow counselors. Too many times people are seeking counsel that agree with them rather than what God wants. Care is necessary in this area, real care, necessary. Be careful when you hear it. Must make good biblical sense. You always reflect all counsel back to the Bible. If a counselor tells you something contrary to the Word of God, guess what? He's wrong. Or she's wrong, or whatever. Always reflect it back to the Word of God. But how can you do that if you don't know the Bible? Oh, preacher, Lytel, he tells us, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. It's only for your own good. 
Obey them that have rule over you. I'm going to tell you something to obey. I'm going to give you a commandment. Oh, you love that. Hey, preacher, hey, preacher back there. Command your people and they'll go. Read the old King James Bible from cover to cover this year, 2021. I command you. Well, that'll go a long way. Why is it that Paul said that? He used the word command. It's not a cuss word. Paul used the word command. You look it up when you read through the Bible. Look the word command up. Where did he get these authority? God. I can tell you this. God's for that. He's for you reading the Bible through front to back and maybe even studying a little. Maybe memorizing some. And then when ill advice comes your way, the wind of, of, of some deception comes your way. You're going you're gonna to like, ooh, that didn't line up with the Word of God. Then you're going to go to the preacher and you're going to say, preacher, what do you think about that? And he goes, he's, he's in the Bible. He's going to go, ooh, that don't seem to line up with the Word of God. So now I got, I know, I personally don't think it lines up with the will of God. I, the preacher don't think it lines up with the will of God. The Holy Spirit's not giving me peace about it at all. So I go to some other counselors that are trusted people, maybe good old-fashioned Bible-believing deacons, and I ask them, they go, they give me a warning, they give me some warnings, you know, go to old Tom Crichton, some old retired preacher that loves Jesus. All right, go to brother Tom Crichton, he's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of years. Ask him, go to Wendell Heller, well, don't, because he won't know who you are anymore. You can't go to Bob Shelton, he's gone. Dick Mercado, he's about 90-some. Some of these people I've gone to. And asked them, what do you think? What do you think? Give me wisdom on this. God will come and help you. He'll help you. Find God's will in your life. It's critical for your success. I end with this. Out of the will of God is the most miserable place for a born-again Christian you can possibly exist. It's an unproductive place. It's an unpleasant place. It is an unforgiving place. Only do what is God's will. I don't like it. I'm going to give a short story. I was uh, feeling the call of God on my life. 18 years old. And I... I it was into full-time Christian service, which I think everybody's full-time. Okay, don't get me wrong. But as a pastor or evangelist or something like that. And so I said, Lord, I'll be willing to do anything you want me to do, but just don't make me a pastor. What happened to Bill? Bill had to look at God one day and say, okay, I'll do it. It was not an easy decision. Man, when I gave in to being a pastor, I died, man. I died. Bill Lytell died. I've been dead a long time. There was, a, there was a grave marker right out on the left side as you leave on the left side. We had a, a bus kid come out there and came to me and said, Pastor Lytell's buried right here. Ephesians 5.17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Father, help us to pursue you 
reveal yourself to us. It's a real kindness if you do that. Help us never to miss your will. There are people in this room making big decisions, and some of them have big life-changing decisions ahead of them. What occupation they're going to be, what woman they're going to, or man they're going to marry, what church they're going to go to, what they're going to do at work. Father, we just pray that you give them wisdom from heaven. May we seek the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, authorities, the cabinet of counselors, and lastly, outward circumstances. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.